Well, good evening. Welcome to Office 365 Distilled, Episode 7. Oh, wow. Did we ever think we'd get as far as 7? No, I think we should do 3 and then just leave it, bleed it dry or something. I don't know. 3 for fun. Wow. But we already have over over 450 plays now. So That's that true. means a lot of people are... Uh, either listening to us and listening to a next episode and a next episode. And I have to be honest, every time I hear that jingle, that, that jingle that starts our episode, I get get like this tingly feeling deep inside me and I'm <laughs> just like all, all happy and stuff. So. Oh, you're just, just looking forward to the whiskey. Have you been drinking it already? You started early. <laughs> tingly feeling. Actually, there's uh, you notice I've gone for a simple, less minimalistic approach for our start this time. Yeah, and I really love this because now I can't see your face anymore, which is good. Yeah, we're trying the whole stereo thing again and splitting the mics, which means a a little bit more insulation because we don't like wearing headphones. That is absolutely true. It will mess up my hair. Oh, I'm so sorry. I spend so much time doing my hair. Oh, well. All right, then. So we got a lot of stuff we want to talk about tonight, haven't we? Absolutely. And I think that the main topic that we want to talk about is actually a really 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 if not the most important topic that should come up in every office 365 this i know discussion. what i know what that is i know what that is moraine wants to get to a thousand followers so if you're not following he needs to get to a thousand he needs about 40 or 50 to go is that the important Pretty topic please no absolutely not but it yeah it would help my ego <laughs> but then again i am from antwerp and you know what they say about people from antwerp i don't they think we want to know what they say about really people from big antwerp. egos so all right anyway you were saying the most important question yeah why why start with why like uh, simon sinek says if you haven't read the book read it it's a great book I used to have a friend, our friend Tony, one of his favorite questions was the five whys. Mm. If you get to the end of five whys and still have an answer, then you really need to do something. <laughs> All right, we've got nice. some notices first. You wanted to talk about SharePoint Saturdays. SharePoint Saturdays is getting popular and lots and lots of dates hit in the diary. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're at Warsaw again. I'm coming back to Warsaw. Yeah, yes, Warsaw. Lovely. I'm going to talk about my team's etiquette uh, thing. Uh, once more, um, I once do believe more. that would be more or less the last time I give that talk. Uh, but maybe I do also, because it's an always changing environment, so maybe I should do a revised version like in two years or something. But anyway, I'm talking at the SharePoint Saturday Warsaw. Um, but uh, if you have any plans or if you want to go speak at an event, check out SPS events. Uh, a lot of um, uh, SharePoint Saturdays are getting their uh, release dates. There are a lot of uh, calls for speakers. So if you want to talk, uh, if you want to give it a try, uh, please do that. Uh, please try it out. Um, yeah, it's Join just, the community. Yeah, just do your just thing, a lot of whatever fun. it is. And if you're not sure and you say, oh, I may want to try something out or I've got a few questions, don't worry. Just uh, send me a message on Twitter and we can discuss something. We can talk about it. Um, we can even try it out if you want. We can do a short version. Uh, I'm all ears. You're going to become a SharePoint Saturday speaker mentor, are you? Yeah, well, maybe. I, know. I don't know. However, we can help. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that one question. Anything else on your list that you want to cover or shall we just dig into the, the big one? Just just go for it, man. All right. Here's the big one. So my 
question of the day is, why do you want to go to Office 365? Why indeed? What are you trying to achieve and why is it so important that we make that decision? Well, I think maybe you should just give me like a, a drop-down menu with choices. Drop-down menu with choices. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of dropped a minute, really. We, t we talked around this subject and, and where we're going. It's something I've been looking at just recently. Is, um, and doing, doing it for a reason. And that is when you make, there are so many decisions that we have to make when we put Office 365 in, whether it's the structure of the sites, whether it's the applications that are released to the users, whether it's the adoption planning and the communications and all that kind of stuff. If you don't think about what you're trying to achieve with Office 365, then you don't know whether you're making the right decisions. And it's that much more difficult nowadays to actually understand. So let me give you a reason. Uh, your objective might be to improve collaboration in your organization. Hmm, yeah. So what would we... That would, that would drive your innovation, probably. If people uh, are working together in a better way, uh, that would maybe uh, bring down your time to market. Uh, if you're uh, selling or inventing new stuff, it would give you better ideas because everyone is talking more to each other, working together, yeah, more ideas it, will sprout up. I think more practically, it would also prioritize your work a little bit, a bit easier. So, for example, if you're rolling out Office 365 and you're kind of going, yeah, well, we should just go to Office 365. Then you put some sites together, you let people play with them and everything else. If your objective is to improve collaboration, then migration becomes really important because you want all of the content in one place so that people start to work on that content in that site more or less straight away. If you oh, just yeah. kind of say, hey, here's a new site to do your project meetings on, then they'll only go to that site when their project meetings are on. But if you've got to, you're going to migrate all the content across that's important, and we can talk about what content to migrate maybe on another six podcasts because that always takes ages. Um, but yeah, so, mm -hmm. so when you're sort of thinking about all of those things that you want to do, then migration would be high so that you're telling people you've got to go to your site now to because get your content. Because they have to live and breathe Office 365. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. SharePoint, in fact, in this case. Yeah. So the SharePoint aspect of it. Yeah. Um, it may be to become more responsive as an organization to our data. So therefore, you might want to prioritize mobile applications over desktop applications. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that in meetings, they can always get to, to their content. But do you want to have that, people in meetings? Yeah, if the content is relevant to the actual... Uh, meeting, then you want um, everyone to be able to get there fast, but you don't want people yeah, check their emails. My while analytics in the will meeting. tell them whether they're being a good oh, boy or a yeah. bad boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have you been playing around with uh, my analytics? Just yeah, on yeah, a yeah. Short you, segue. You, you pop it open and you look at it, and it says, You've been a bad boy in meetings. And then you usually swear at your telephone rather loudly, close it, and go, You're wrong. <laughs> I don't care. It's not for me. <laughs> These meetings need to be more exciting, then I wouldn't have to get my phone out. Hey, I, no, 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 I don't know what you were <laughs> going to say, then I beat you to it. So how does it know that you're not just opening up your OneNote to put some notes in while you're in the meeting? Mm, that's, that's actually a great, great question. Yeah. Is AI clever enough to know that actually is taking notes, so this is a good thing, as opposed to is typing on his phone in the meeting, this is a bad thing? Hmm, yeah. 
We don't know the answer to that, no, so we'll just no. have to keep our eye on it. <laughs> if you haven't played with my analytics, it's it's come down from E5, so not many people probably saw it. It's now in uh, okay, E3. How can you find it? Uh, it's a big icon. So there's this thing called Office 365, and you log in through the web browser, and there's a series of icons. And is the office.com or the yeah, login.microsoftonline.com. You know, I'm sitting there yeah. saying this now. Of course, I'm trying to go, yeah, no, it is. My analytics is, is one of the buttons you, you click. Hmm. Okay, I, I would I will check it tomorrow would be... and I'll come yeah. back with a narrative <laughs> one. But no, Steve was wrong. It's not there. It's not there. <laughs> We can put that in the show notes. No, I was I was kind of expecting it to be something, something like a button in Outlook or something. No, I think where it's I can actually just Office say, 365. Okay, open open some kind of frame where it just gives me some data. But okay, no, cool, yeah, cool, cool. It's cool. All right, all it right. is cool. It's surprising. You surprise yourself in so many ways. Do I really spend that much time in meetings? Mm. You know, how the hell do I get time to do any work? For example, oh yeah, it's usually yeah. a surprise. Yeah. And that's that's a good thing that you can show your boss, like. Look, I need to do less meetings because I want to do more work. Yeah. And so if your goal is to improve collaboration, then you need to sort of take a baseline. How many meetings do we actually have today, roughly? And now can we improve that maybe? So measure measure how many meetings the organization has, whether they're getting shorter or longer and more efficient. Yeah, because you can also check that. It's not just for you as a person, but also for the organization that you can check that metric. Correct. Yeah, cool. Correct. And then, of course, that will drive a lot of the structure. But let's get into that in a minute. Think about one or two other sort of epic type reasons for doing something. So mm-hmm. what about I want to uh, have better protection for my IPR or my content? Yeah. So you don't want just people uh, printing out uh, documents all the time to take them home, to uh, write on them on the train or whatever. Yeah. Interesting, tracking documents, yeah. But I was thinking more like not emailing out confidential content or oh, yeah. mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or secret information or mm-hmm. or uh, making sure you've got an active external sharing process. Yeah. So, for example, improving collaboration, where you're trying to improve internal collaboration, then potentially you will do external sharing maybe as a phase two. You won't necessarily put it in as a, a priority. Um but if you're doing uh, protecting your content, then I'm guessing you're going to make sure you've got a uh, various tools for IP address for security. You've got uh, dual authentication, which you might not want to do if you want to do encouraging collaboration. Yeah, because you don't then you want, want everyone to be as easy, ex- uh, every, everything to be as easy accessible as you can. Correct. With as less security. Yeah. Uh, well, hmm, yeah. So, you know, so understanding the reason for going there and what your goals and objectives are, I think, is a driver for the way you move forward. So, absolutely, yeah. We talked about structure. So, you said earlier about this ABC thing, and I went, hey, where did that come from? So, maybe, you know, (laughs) you you apparently said that come back from something you'd done a a while ago, which I quite liked it, but as a a simple model. Mm -hmm. So, give us the A. Yeah, the the A A, A is, uh, it stands for the the Belgian or the the Dutch word for general, which is algemeen, which actually means the top of your structure, which is the intranet. And your intranet, and then below that, you have your B which is business. So these are business-driven uh, sites, uh, like topic sites, for example, uh, division uh, sites, things like that. And then the lowest one is the C, 
and that's your collaboration sites where you actually do the work, where you promote finished documents to that B level or maybe to that A level if they need to appear on the internet as well. And how long ago was it you first heard this? Oh, that was about uh, more than 10 years ago, I think. It was on a, on a SharePoint 2007 project. Wow. That yeah. was when we had publishing sites and publishing yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I can see yeah, where yeah. that came from. So I wonder how many layers there are if we think about it today. So I, listen, folks, I need to apologize for my poor old dog. You can hear her outside barking away. She's enjoying the dark and the cold. But if it's disturbing you, tough luck. We're here as a family. Hey, community work. And the dog's just advising me that they're setting up the content types for the uh, architecture. So I have a very intelligent It's dog. actually flow-driven, the dog. <laughs> so we put a flow in so that the dog would bark at a certain moment where we would go off topic and then it would just bark and then we could... Realign ourselves. Topic. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that smell? Oh, let's not go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I f- forgot completely where I was then, two seconds ago. So I was uh, we talking about protecting your content. We are talking about collaboration. Yeah, so three levels. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many levels we've got now. So if we think that we take our top-level site, we do our clever trick one day soon and turn it into a communication site. Yeah. So you've got a really good landing page, lots of graphics. Um, open to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yep. makes some yep. sense. Then below that, well, even next to that could be an extranet, where you, if you're working a lot with uh, vendors, customers, whatever, that might be a place where you're uh, sending out news and and things like that. Would you do that next to it, or would you create a separate kind of site collection so that you can? No, enable it, it or would disable? definitely be definitely be a different site and a different site collection, of course. But I would, if we would look at it on a uh, some kind of diagram, I would put the internet and the extranet next to each other. Also, the website would also be on that level for me. The website. Let's not go there. They took websites away a long, long time yeah. ago from offices. It's fine. Which is a good idea. Probably. Yeah. Um, yes, I think the external or the extranet is uh, mm-hmm. an important. But let's, let's ignore that for a moment yeah, or two. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, so, yes, the very open top-level site. And I think underneath that, you would then have divisional sites. So the, yeah. the hubs. If you, well, if your company is, is organized that way, yes, yeah. absolutely. Most yeah. companies are. So we, we have divisional hubs. Again, they're open. So I guess mm-hmm. they're your A and your, yeah. your B. Yeah. Yeah. But the news is more specific. If yeah. you want to go to find some finance reports, then you go yeah. to the finance divisional yeah. page. That and would be a hub where you got all other kinds of topic sites uh, linked to that or associated with it. But that could even be a third level maybe even let's so, come back to that in a minute I, the bit i was thinking about was the bit you fill in between level one and level two with with all the pages so the internet and the division yeah because mm-hmm. they're all it's all open all public it's just yeah. that the stuff that's coming from the division is authored by the division whereas at the top it will be authored by subject but effectively we end up with several hundred pages flying yeah. around there yeah. from all of those yeah. sites yeah. and they need to have some kind of navigationable structure i guess that's when we we're all waiting for big mega menu oh and i a little birdie uh actually on twitter so it was a little birdie uh <laughs> showed me that they're uh that they're go oh they're starting to roll out yeah. or they've yeah. seen it yeah yeah cool so mega menu there and one day it might even be an automated mega menu and you know sort itself out with uh, ai hmm. well no i was thinking more you can actually uh, where the pages are hosted from it should put it in some kind of order based upon which 
scientists come from or maybe yeah. i'm just dreaming of a world driven. of tomorrow Ooh. yeah i think we we also had a vision like that around 2007 that something like that would be there in like five years time but so 2013 mm, it never arrives no, and maybe so, 2016 yeah, maybe, maybe 2019 years, we'll see maybe never <laughs> Maybe this is one of those things that they're leaving for their partners to sort out. Mm, partner opportunities. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, it could also just be that people don't want to give up that kind of control because it's so important. So we need to control it. So we need to do it manually. Maybe it's just that well, I want to keep my job. And if if they automate this, then I won't need to keep going to these navigation and menu. That is also true. You've just uh, completed the adoption course as well, haven't you? I did. I'm now a certified uh, Microsoft uh, adoption specialist. Definitely certified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. Oh. It just threw me a look across the studio. Uh, well, across my office anyway. So, but the reason I was thinking about that was what kind of um, uh, input from that course came around navigation and around the fact that if it is a manual navigation, it's going to change. So how important is it to to get a navigation strategy together? I think it is super important because we see we see a lot of behavior changing from um, browsing to stuff and searching for stuff. Um, but that has been going on for quite some time. But I really think that browsing for information is still super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, you need to have a really good and clear navigation. How do you deal with the relationship between the mega menu and the hub menu? I haven't got an answer for this one myself yet. I'm still playing Mm -hmm. around with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some kind of menu and mega menu from your top level site in your your hub site. Does it, do we get rid of the hub menu? Does it replace the hub menu? I think it replaces the hub menu. I think the mega menu is the new hub menu. But I haven't played around with it, so... So Actually, there's another don't question, know. Then, isn't it? So the other question is, what do you do with the top level weeks, menu? Yeah. Well, you'll have a, you'll yeah. have played with it in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The challenge mm-hmm. is set. Mm-hmm. All right. And so we'll do a virtual demo on our podcast, and I'll just describe what's happening and uh, when Marin I'll, swears. I'll do a I'll do a blog post and maybe a YouTube video around uh, what is the mega menu? How can I enable it? How does it work? What are some of the pitfalls? Yeah, I'll I'll do that. This all assumes that it'll be on your tenant in time. Uh, That is true, yeah. We'll see. But it's out and about, which is good news, Mm -hmm. because I think in our last podcast, we talked about people were sort of getting impatient, waiting for it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's okay. All right. So again, we started off talking about wondering what our, you know, understanding your goals and all that kind of stuff. So yes, if you've got that corporate structure, uh, just to go over it again, all those intranet pages and the communication site, mm-hmm, hub sites. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to bolt in all of our departmental sites. And this yeah. is where we do the security and access control around departments. So yeah. departments do their own security thing. Uh, my advice is manage the security here by role, by Active Directory Group. So mm-hmm. this stuff really does not change too much. I'm a member of this team and give my give my AD group read access to the department site or even edit rights to the department site, depending on what kind of content you're publishing, mm-hmm. just as a baseline model. So here, how yeah. do you how do you then work with because are we still talking about communication sites or also about 
uh, team sides because then we have the groups and as we discussed last time do we then want to use AD groups or do we want to use an Office 365 group that comes with an AD group but then it's a different group and now I have to manage it I could let well him go on and on and on here mm. about groups in groups but I won't I will disturb him um, I think it's AD groups at this point I think where you have structure in the organization so mm. this department site aligns to the department then i think that uh, it's ad group and i think below there we end up with our office 365 groups or our teams where um, we can actually do that security by ourselves for project sites for example yeah if i'm the project manager for a specific project site i want to be in charge of who is able to see and to edit on my project site yeah, that's true. And of yeah. course, you can add people and you, you do end up adding them into an active directory group. And even my planners for my project. Because yes. Because that's also something that was uh, that is rolling out now, I think, or at least has been announced, is that you can now do multiple plans per group. Correct. I've read the same thing. I haven't mm -hmm. seen it yet, but I have no. read the same thing. We have been looking at uh, security and the way that the... Even if you groupify a site or you create an Office 365 group, it basically places the Active Directory group into the members group. Yeah. So if you want to do any other kind of security on that ad hoc site, so if you want to give people read access, you either need to add different AD groups into there or add those people individually. Yeah. But it's dumbed down and kept simple. Uh, so by you can the way, add people and it goes into the AD group. If you're in Belgium around the 21st of February... Microsoft is hosting a DWG evening where one of the talks will be about getting from classic to modern. He remembered and, uh, the subject. Yeah, all <laughs> the, the, the things that you need to do if you want to come from classic to, if you want to go to modern and, and the steps that you need to do, strategies, stuff like that. I uh, will have to get this link onto the notes as well, but I read a, a really interesting article today on audiences and the fact they've now got audiences working in modern pages. Yeah. And they were quoting a figure of, um, and it's right off the top of my head, so please forgive me if this is wrong, but something like 68 to 70% of pages have now gone to modern. So it was kind of three quarters-ish. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can see that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. if you create a team, you end up with modern pages anyway, so that's probably a chunk of it. That is absolutely true. So yeah. I wonder how many existing or traditional sites have gone that route for the time being. I think a lot of people are uh, playing around with modern, yeah. I, I know I've I've done two projects uh, for the last eight months where we uh, went from classic to modern for yeah. intranets, yeah. I've got a big changeover coming uh, middle of this year. Uh, we aren't even thinking about traditional or classics. We'll no. go straight no. into modern. Yeah. Uh, we're going to migrate the content. So uh, my bi I big believe, I'm not a big believer in migrating sites, but... Uh, especially in this case, and I think I've got 2007 sites that were migrated into 2010 and have now been oh, migrated in 2013. Boy. I refuse to be tied to anything that's going to migrate them online. So we're going yeah. to migrate the content, but, mm -hmm. the, but that's where we go. All right. So I think that gives us some idea of structure and, and tabbing into last week's meeting where those kind of things fit in there. Um, and again, uh, that structure is going to be the same regardless of whatever you do. But if it's about improved collaboration, you would migrate into that structure. If our objective is to protect our content, then we need to, of course, to think about retention tabs and 
compliance and policies and oh, yeah. file yeah. plan yeah. and setting up the content so the whole retention, which is actually only, what was that the number of, from Joanne Klein's survey? Joanne only- Klein's survey, excellent survey. She was getting a little nervous and hoping it'll go over 20% of the people said they do actually or have added a retention uh, label. So it's now like over or around 85% of the people that filled in the survey that said we didn't do anything with retention and labels and stuff like that. You know, what we really should start doing is having a laptop open live here because that when we want to actually uh, look at Twitter and go, oh, yeah, look, this was, we can actually start quoting a few things. We should write down some numbers. We do, should, we should do more preparation. <laughs> should we do some nah, preparation? Maybe nah, you nah, should nah. tell us, folks, we're at a bar, remember? The, when we set this up, we decided that this just wants to be sitting at a bar, you know, with a whiskey in my hand and having a chat about our job. And that's what we want to kind of do, really. Yeah. So now I'm standing up for half an hour and I need to look at a gorgeous whiskey that I know is so incredibly good and I have to stand here and talk to you for half an hour and just looking at it without touching it but I wanted like to putting, talk about uh, file plans yeah, what, and what, content what types was that, uh, and term how do you say that in in in, uh, in English the putting the cat near the milk or something no? Uh, okay, um, never no, mind. Never mind. No, okay. no, cat among the pigeons. No, but I don't think that's what you meant. Uh, no. no. Anyway, doesn't yes, matter. That yep. was that was a killer, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. We so, can always cut that out later. No, let's not worry about that. So let's get just to recap then. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so we're we're trying to get Moraine Summers over a thousand followers. So if you're not following him now and you're listening to the podcast, then uh, let's get him over a thousand, and then he'll he'll say thank you to everybody next time. We we've had a, a, the idea that structure is important, and and how some of those groups from last week drop in there. But I think it's really important to understand what your goal is for your Office 365. And it's not a goal that you just go, hey, I've done now. I'm doing more collaboration. Business as usual, policy and compliance, all the reporting allows you to track how efficient that's going, how well it's going. And of course, once you've done that, you've got all those other things that you really got to get on top of, how the search is set up, how the content architecture is set up, the file plan how it's maintained and managed and aligned to the business. So there's there's a whole bunch of stuff there. And when we started talking about this, we said, hey, there's going to be huge amount of things. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you're approaching your Office 365, either you're revisiting or you're migrating or you're starting from scratch, think about those epic, if you think about Agile and those epic high-level goals and objectives so that uh, everything that you're doing, you can apply to in some way. Yeah. And All right. You that, wanted to also, drink that also means that you can now focus on that goal that you want to have. You can yes. put a strategy uh, to it. Prioritize your work. And then you can also make it smart. That means you can measure it because if you don't measure it, it will not uh, happen or it will not. Uh, yeah. Then you don't know if you're on the right track. This so, is one of those occasions. This is a typical bar associate thing, isn't it? Where you go, yes, smart. I've been here. We've done this before. There's a nice thing about smart. So you start that conversation. You know what it's like? You're at a bar and you're talking. Mm. Yeah, you need to make all your tasks smart. And you think, now I've started this conversation, but I'm damned if I can remember what those five letters stand for. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. M is measurable. Yeah. A is... um... This was an arsehole task. I really don't want to do that one. I don't want to. Where's my Bar phone? Is... Where's my phone? Oh, no, yeah, I no can't. Google, I can't no Google. Google during a meeting. Oh, God. <laughs> it right, will guys. mess up my analytics. 
So you said you knew what this whiskey tastes like, and I know you did, because yes. this bottle in the table, actually, you bought it me. It was one that you uh, bought yeah. for a few evenings ago because it was something that uh, that you've drank before. To be honest, it was just on sale. Oh, no, <laughs> I thought he cared. I thought he cared. That's okay. I get that. So we're going to Scotland again. Yep. So back yes. to where it all came from, to an island whiskey. So really back where it came from. If you want to have a bit of a browse around, you should pick up uh, the history of, uh, of uh, Scotch. Uh, in Scotland and the islands, and uh, it's actually quite a story. The way they had to hide it and, you know, not show it to the British because they were going to tax it more. Uh, because oh, there's a there's a oh, whole bunch of stuff there. Okay, okay. So when you go to Scotland, you're going to do a whiskey tour, aren't you? I'll I'll be in Scotland in uh, June, and I will definitely visit some uh, distilleries. Yeah. Yeah. So we're actually drinking uh, a Cardhu. It's C-A-R-D-H-U. It is a single malt whiskey. Uh, it's actually from uh, one of the islands of Scotland. And I really love that bottle. I do as well. It's, it's, Does it make the sound? Oh, it's stuck. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, mm. I really love that bottle. It's like this. This You've got dimples. Yeah, yeah. Not like the dimple whiskey, which is, let's say, not really close to my taste. No, let's go there. All right, cool. So this is a twelve-year-old. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there is a, a various others. Let's let's not forget the beautiful color this time. It's very light. This one, isn't it? It is, and it's it's really amber color. So it's not really that yellowish or that orangish, but. And it's certainly not as dark as the one we had last time. No, true, true. I have yeah. missed that one since you took the bottle away. Mm. It's definitely on my list. Mm. Fruity, it's a Sweet, very isn't fruity it? Uh, smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna Pears. I'm gonna do a sneak peek here and look at our uh, notes. So uh, apples the notes, and pears, apples and pears, and a bit of charred oak. But I think that's normal. It's not sapiti as you normally like them, though. That that is true. So it's, it's not true. one of your no. mm-hmm. sort of warm wintry peaty ones. But it's got a, a nice long aftertaste. Mm, let me take a sip. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Taste the the pears, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I get the apple on the nose, yeah. mm-hmm. and and the the back uh, on the sides of the tongue, it's sort of yeah, the, the vanilla, yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, there is a hint of charcoal there, right at the end on the back of the tongue and the aftertaste. It's not strong. It's not peaty, but it is there. Cool. It is. It's definitely a well balanced, well rounded whiskey. Without it, I think this whiskey will please like eighty percent of the people because it, will, yeah. it is just like a little bit of everything. It doesn't got a lot of depth to it, like some of those that we've tasted. A lot, lot of sort of um, warmth to it. No, it's, it's, it's true. But I think sparkly, this 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 quite... is a really good uh, whiskey if you're a beginner. Or if you want to give somebody a gift and you don't know what kind of whiskey they like, this is a brilliant gift because this will, I think, uh, please a lot of whiskey drinkers. 
This is one of my lunchtime favourites. So if I'm out for lunch and I'm, I'm sort of looking for an aperitif or something, mm. I always end up looking for the whiskies. And the Cardu one at lunchtime is quite nice because it's kind of that like, it's a little bit like, you know, a lager and a, and a stout. It's that kind of difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's that kind of more refreshing of the whiskies as opposed to those sit back cigar in one hand. Yeah, campfire. Not a, yeah. No, not the campfire, the um, indoor fiery thing. What's that name? I don't know what you're talking about. If you're about. in the living room and you have this nice fire. Fire, open fire. Open fire. Open fire. Open fire. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So just to show you how good this whiskey is, he's completely losing it over the other side of the table. Uh, anyway. No, this... Just one more. This uh, is very yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, you fancy a sort of everyday go-to... Whiskey, Cardu, yeah. 12 yeah. year old. Not too complicated, but no. not too shallow. No. no. Very nice. Yeah. It's, uh, if, you're, if you're building out a whiskey collection or something, I think this might be a, a good base staple kind of whiskey. When it's on special offer. When it's on sale. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If you're buying it for yeah. Steve. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, that. Sort of half an hour, 40 minutes has gone quite quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything else we and want we to add? Did, we did have a lot of segues between this and that and stuff like that. So hmm. Nothing okay. new there. No, that's just how we roll. But yeah, still. It's part of the fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we did say always we want to try and keep them short and sweet. We don't want to take up too much time. Um, I'm sure there's longer podcasts around that will keep you going for an hour. I could slow down just to fill in the time, but that's not going to get us anywhere. No. All right. So from uh, Cardu Single Malt from the Isles of Scotland uh, to Moraine, good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sweet dreams. Have fun, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. And as always, you can spot me on Sci Steve, hashtag Sci Steve. And you it's are. It's not a hashtag, it's, no, the, it's not. Uh, the at. At Sci Steve. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And Moraine Summers at. Moraine Summers. Please follow me. I want to have 1,000 Twitter followers. Yeah, we want to be able to start off with a cheer, not a ooh. Yeah. All right, it's cool. Uh, well, folks, and maybe maybe I'll announce something on Twitter that I'm doing a giveaway. I've got a really nice small thingy. Thingy. A thingy. <laughs> You've got and a small thingy. Yeah, I've got a small thingy. <laughs> oh, oh God! This has this this is really he's going a, south. He's actually oh, gone red. Shit. He's actually got slightly oh, embarrassed. Yeah. No, no, I, I might have something that I'm gonna uh, auction off to the person that is my 1000th follower or something is it, is it anything to do with whiskey it does not well i'll tell you what just but it is something that you can put your hands on me to a thousand then i will get them a bottle of whiskey and we'll send it to them wherever it goes so there you go i will dive in i have no idea how many followers i've got now probably about six so i've got 900 and something to go but there you go. So anybody oh, that gets me to a thousand challenge accepted. Definitely, uh, we'll, we'll send them a bottle of Cardu Twelve Year. There you go. All right. All cool. Right. So, signing off. Signing off. Good Brilliant. night, everybody. Ciao.